Hello, I'm Pastor Rod Fair here in Victoria, British Columbia, and today I want to talk to you about wisdom and the quest to get it. If you've ever gone on a scavenger hunt or you've been uh, following a treasure map at any point, sometimes we do that with our kids, sometimes we do that as a, a fun event, even as a car rally. But the idea is that you follow a bunch of clues or you go look for some specific items on this list and it is a lot of fun. And uh, you find those things and you follow the quest. It's an adventure. Well, wisdom can be a quest. And uh, so today I want to talk about that adventure of living a life of wisdom, finding the wisdom that you need to live your life. I also want to mention before I get into the content of this teaching that we are going to celebrate communion at the end. And so today if you have some juice and uh, a cracker that you want to gather together and share with me at the end of this message, then I would love for you to be able to participate in the Lord's Supper with me. And just as a reminder, you can find this teaching as well as uh, all the other messages from the church, as well as children's sermons on our social media pages. You can go to northdouglaschurch.com, our website, and uh, find the links there under the sermon tab, or you can find all of this on Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Uh, our messages are also uh, in podcast form, which you can find on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. And if you have a prayer request, please send a message to prayer at northdouglaschurch.com, and I'll pass that along to the prayer team. We'll pray for your request and uh, really call on God on your behalf. We want to be able to uh, just connect with you as well as the Lord and uh, help in any way that we can. So this quest for wisdom, this is an important thing, and, and this is a question that I have for, for you today, and uh, I want you to think about over this past year maybe, or maybe in, in your lifetime, what have you done that can help you to live wiser? What have you done so that you can uh, be a wiser person, a smarter person in the way that you live? You know, wisdom is a part of the practical living, right? It's not just knowing stuff. It's knowing what to do with what you know. And so ultimately, I'm asking you, what have you done to help you to live better, to be a wiser person, to live smarter? You know, there are lots of different things that people have done. I think probably one of the, the big things is people have taken a course or they have gotten some sort of education. They have gone to a university or college and in some way taken some other kinds of courses. Maybe somebody that has practical knowledge that is passing that along uh, in, in that kind of setting. And, and really, they have enabled you to learn something that you can practically use in your life. Now, we hope that's true of all the college and university courses, uh, that you can actually apply the things to a future job. There are other people that have done different kinds of things to uh, be a wiser person, to live a wiser life. One of those things is learning from your mistakes. I mean, everybody makes mistakes at some point. The truth is that not everybody learns from them. And so sometimes we say, how foolish that they would make the same mistake over and over and over again. Well, they didn't learn from their mistakes. A wise person learns and is able to carry that 
into their life. Uh, which brings us to the other part is that people learn from their experiences, right? The things that they have done, they've learned how to navigate through life in a way that makes them a wiser person. And uh, we also do a number of other things to help uh, live a wiser life. Sometimes we ask for advice. We, we ask a friend and uh, we seek out counsel and we say, what is going to help me in this? You know, there's a lot of research that can be done on the internet that can help you to learn things. And I've said this before, one of the things I like to do when I'm fixing my vehicle is I like to go onto YouTube and look for a video of how somebody else has fixed the same thing. In fact, I am, uh, I'm presently re replacing the speakers uh, in my Jeep. And I went online and I was <laughs> very excited to see that this was an easy fix. I just needed to take a screwdriver and pop out a panel and a couple screws and I could change the little speakers in my dash. And you know, dash repair in a car can be a real complicated thing. So this was a great, great find for me to be able to say, hey, I can learn from what these people have done and, and can do it myself. And so I live a little wiser. This is an important part of life. And uh, as we go through life, we want to be able to learn things that will help us to live either easier or better in some way, uh, contributing to a life that is moving forward. And I know we often are looking for that in our leaders. We are looking for people that are going to be leaders with a, in a way that uses wisdom. And right now I know that there is a lot of criticism of people that are in leadership because the pandemic has made things so difficult to make decisions. We don't know what's going to happen next. But you know, leaders are also looking for wisdom in their followers. That whether they're a political leader that's looking for the citizens to make wise decisions or whether we're a coach on a team that want our, our players to make wise decisions, you know, we're often looking for wisdom in all kinds of different places and different people. So how do we get that? Well, the big question that I would ask you is, have you asked God for wisdom at all? Like there are, there are lots of times when we go researching in different places and we're, we're asking uh, on the internet or we're seeking out counsel from people and sometimes even professionals, but we forget that we can ask God for wisdom and that he will help us. You see, God is the creator of the universe. And the Bible said that when he founded the, the creation, that he did it using wisdom. And so we need to understand that God is a source of, of all wisdom. He knows how things work. He knows how things should be. And if we fail to go to God and ask him for wisdom, then really I believe we're we're set upon a path of foolishness which will perpetuate throughout our life. But if we come to God and ask him for wisdom, then he will grant it. Let's look at James chapter 1. James writes to the church and uh, he is telling them about this wisdom. Starting in verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. James is really direct in saying, you know, God is generous with wisdom. It's not like he's trying to withhold us knowing how things work. 
And so we need to come to him and ask him. I've been reading through Proverbs. And uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs is just loaded with uh, pithy little sayings that uh, help people along the path of wisdom and has a lot to say about wisdom. So in Proverbs chapter 2, the writer records this, For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. You know, the Bible tells us that God has all of this wisdom and he wants to share it. And so we would really be fools if we didn't go to God and say, God, I know that you are wise above everything else. What should I do in my situation? And we need to come seeking the Lord for his wisdom. And the Bible is plain that if we ask God, God's going to help us. God's going to give us direction. God's going to give us wise, uh, wise uh, guidance. And so we can continue to come and say, God, I need wisdom. And in this quest for wisdom within our life, he is a great source for learning and knowing what to do next, the path to follow. You know, Jesus was well known for his teaching as well as his miracles. Yes, the miracles created a lot of attention, but when he sat down with people and talked about spiritual things, they were in awe. They were amazed at the things that he was saying, that none of the other religious teachers taught like he did. None of them were, were having that knowledge and understanding and being able to explain things in a practical manner. And so people wanted to come and hear what Jesus had to say. And in the Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, uh, at the end of that, Jesus used this very interesting illustration about wisdom. And he was talking about what it meant to be wise. He says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You know, this illustration of the man who built his house on the rock or the man that built his house on the sand is related to wisdom. But the key is what Jesus said about listening to him. That it is a wise person who listens to the teaching that he was sharing. The teaching about spiritual life, teaching about knowing God, about being able to follow the ways of God. And he said, foolishness comes from not listening. But wisdom comes when people would listen and be able to do it. And so the main point of my message today is this. Ask God for his wisdom and then act on what he gives you. You see, there are many people that will go seeking for knowledge. They will be seeking for the wise course of action. They'll want to know what to do. But then when they're given the counsel, they ignore it. They just go, oh, well, yeah, I don't really want to do that, even though it is the right thing. It is the wise counsel. Um, what Jesus was saying was that, yes, you need to listen, but you also need to do. You need to take in the source of wisdom and you need to be able to act on it. 
So how do we go about that? How do we seek the Lord for wisdom, gaining that insight, that direction for life, and then also doing it? Well, I want to give you some tips about these things today. And the first of these practical tips about God's wisdom is about getting wisdom. And see, the first thing is this. God gives wisdom to those who pray. I know that your thoughts are valuable. I know that when you dwell on things and you mull them over in your brain, that it's a great thing. But prayer is more valuable. When you come to God and you talk to him about the things you're thinking about, that's when the Spirit of God can pour in insight and help. And it's often when we're praying that we can deal with some of our emotional problems that God helps us to sort through the things of life that are really blocking us. It's often in prayer when we really experience not only forgiveness for ourselves, but forgiveness towards others. And so if we want God's wisdom, we need to come to him and pray. You have to spend some time with God talking to him about your life if you want to have wisdom from the Lord. The other thing that we need to do, of course, if we want God's wisdom, is to read the Word. God has given us the Word for a very specific reason. He wanted to share His story, but He also wanted to help people along in the journey of life. He did not give a revelation of Himself to all of these authors that we know uh, as recording the Scripture just for the sake of putting you know, some words on paper. He wanted people to learn some things about him. He wanted people to understand principles of godly living. And so when we read the Word of God, when we take our Bible and we actually open it and we sort through it, God can then teach us some things, teach us about righteousness, about what it means to to live in a good way, to live in a godly way. And so if you're not willing to read it, you know, how is God going to reveal wisdom to you? So you have to be able to pick it up. So prayer and reading the word. And of course, the last thing about receiving wisdom from God that I want to share to you today as a tip is about listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, we need to pray and pour out our heart to God. We need to open the word and take things in in our mind. But we really need to listen to the Holy Spirit with our heart. And that is when we, have, uh, in an, when we are in an attitude of focusing on God, then he can reveal things to our heart. He can speak into us in a spiritual way that helps guide our life. So God can remind you about the things that are good and the things that you already know are not good. And we can continue to sort through the choices in our life by coming to God and letting the Holy Spirit speak into us. And that is such a key factor in navigating this whole quest for wisdom. We need to listen. We we need to pay attention to what the Spirit of the Lord says. But that takes some time and it causes uh, the necessity of a moment of slowing down to be able to say, God, I'm just pausing here. I want your opinion. I want your insight into the choices that I'm making. And when we take time to do these three basic things, pray, read the Word of God, listen to the Holy Spirit, then God has an avenue, a pipeline, so to speak, of flowing wisdom into your life. And we, on this quest for living a wiser life, we can actually receive wisdom from the Lord. Now, 
it's not just about knowing things. Like I said, knowing things is, is a really good uh, option. We need knowledge. We need to, to have our brain focused in the right direction. But at the same time, we need to have the resolve, the passion and the desire to actually do things that are right. We need to live wisely. And so what are some practical things that can help you and, uh, and myself in order to live wisely? Well, I would say that people are able to apply God's wisdom when they, first of all, resist giving in to foolish choices. Now, you and I know what it's like when we were, when we were children uh, to do foolish things, right? We, we wanted to, uh, you know, jump off the roof of our house. Uh, I, I remember actually doing that. And uh, there's a few other very foolish things that uh, I did with bicycles and uh, tools. And, uh, and you're like, just as a kid, you just didn't make wise choices. And as an adult, hopefully you've learned some things. But if you really want to live in the path of wisdom, then when you know it's a stupid thing to do, don't do it. Right? You need to resist. And God is there to help you to resist. And when, when you know that there's a sinful situation or something that's just dangerous to you or your life, that's not worth the risk, then just resist those things that are foolish. And uh, the Holy Spirit will be with you to help you. You know, the Bible tells us that we should resist the devil. And we blame a lot of things on the devil. Sometimes the stupidness of our own life, the foolishness in our life is really our own fault. You know, we entertain the thoughts to do dumb things and then we follow through with doing those things and we reap consequence. Well, resist those things if you want to live a life of wisdom. The second thing in applying God's wisdom is that you should celebrate the really good choices. And often we don't do this enough. We don't celebrate the good things that we do. And you know how it is. We can let the depressing thoughts and the, the conviction of doing wrong things really invade our mind to the point that we are dismissive about the good things that have happened in our life. And I really do believe that we need to celebrate the good choices we've made and the results and consequences of those things. We need to be thankful to God for providing us the opportunity to experience these good things. They are often his blessings. And so I want you to be able to celebrate it. You know, when, when they're in the sports arena, when people do good things, they're given really good awards, right? They stand somebody up there at the end of the hockey game and say, these are the three stars of the game. Um, often at the end of the season, you know, the football players, the, the most valuable player receives a trophy saying, this guy really did an awesome job. I think those are great things to do because we celebrate the, the choices that have been good and the results that they, they really reaped in someone's life. So, when somebody makes a good choice, we think that they should deserve an award. Well, you deserve an award for the good things that have happened in your life. So celebrate them. You know, when you've made a good choice, when you've made a good investment and it's paid off, or when your business really has some success, you should say, yeah, that, that's an awesome thing. I'm so glad that that happened. And celebration really reinforces the good things that happen in our life. And that's really how how children learn from their parents. They see the good things that you do as a parent and they want to do the same thing because they realize that there's some rewards in this life for that. The third thing, if you want to apply God's wisdom, this is just a tip for you. 
is remind yourself about what you've learned. People that apply God's wisdom remind themselves of what they've learned. And this is a memory thing. You know, we, we believe that remembering is a good idea. Now, this applies to both uh, things that are bad and things that are good. Like people learn from their mistakes, right? So it's not a bad thing to remember what has happened. It's a bad thing to keep on beating yourself up, up about the mistakes. But to learn something from your mistakes and being able to carry that forward in your life is a very good thing. So don't discount that memory. And the same goes for the good things that have happened. If you flipped through a photo album in someone's house, they see all of the celebrations and the joys and the good things that have happened in their life. I mean, those memories are precious. They often teach us some things about living a wise life going forward. We've experienced this in the past and we remember what it was like. So let's continue on the path to wisdom. Let's continue in the quest to live life in a good way. God helps us to be wise when we have learned. And so I really do encourage you to remember. As I come to the end of this message, I want you to be wise. I want you to live a life of wisdom. And that involves asking God, coming to God and saying, God, help me to be a wise person. Help me to live in a wise way, a godly way. And I believe that God will help you every step of the way. Whenever you ask, whether it's you praying, reading the word, listening to the Holy Spirit, or whether you're applying the wisdom that you've received by resisting foolishness, by celebrating victory, or remembering the path that you have taken in the past. Use all of these things to engage with the Holy Spirit in your life to help live a life of wisdom. You know, one of the things that we do in order to um, really celebrate and in a practical way a life of wisdom is we we practice ceremonies. And one of those uh, ceremonies is a wedding ceremony. A wedding ceremony actually uh, practices the remembering the ideal of love and commitment. I have a I have a wedding picture that's here in my office. It reminds me of the commitment I've made to my wife. It was a ceremony that is so precious in our memory. You know, one of the things that uh, happens in ceremonies is we have a baby shower, a baby dedication, and we celebrate the value of life in that ceremony. Well, there's lots of ceremonies, whether it's a a funeral or whether it's a graduation, a, a baptism, all of these things celebrate different aspects of life that are about really celebrating a path of wisdom. And so one of these things that we celebrate in the church regularly is the Lord's Supper. And Jesus was coming to his disciples and celebrating this supper before he went to the cross. And he was reminding them of some things that were yet to come and that they would use the Lord's Supper as a way of remembering what had happened and why it was significant. And we want to do that today. If we are truly set on a path of wisdom, then we want to focus on Jesus Christ and we want to remember why he made that significant sacrifice, what it was that he did that really contributed to our spiritual lives. And of course, he died on a cross. His body was uh, bruised and battered and he gave up his life. His blood was shed. The forgiveness of sin was granted. 
And when we remember these things, we can be grateful and say, God, you've done a lot. You've done a lot for me. You've done something that helps me to engage with you, to know you, to have a personal relationship with you. And that in itself is a wise choice. To be able to come to God and say, you know me, help me to know you. And when God forgives our sin, he opens a door to be able to know him personally. And so I encourage you to make that commitment to Christ. And as we celebrate this Lord's Supper, you can take your, you can take your cracker, which is representative of the Lord's body. We can take our juice, which is representative of the Lord's blood and the sacrifice that he made. And we can remember, we can honor the Lord's memory and, and uh, really celebrate what he's done for us and be grateful. So take those emblems with me. And um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, being able to take this in memory and honor of Jesus Christ. So Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and he said this, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take this bread and remember what Jesus has done for us. Let's eat it together. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. We praise you, God. And Paul continued and said, in the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's take this juice together and just honor the Lord's sacrifice of his blood. Jesus, we are so grateful to you so grateful for what you have done for us. We are so thankful that you opened a way that we could know God the Father. And that way was through your body and through your blood, you made a sacrifice that was, that was huge, that we could be forgiven, that we could come to know you personally. And so we appreciate that, God. We are thankful for that. And we pray that you would continue to help us as we live for you, that we would make wise choices, godly choices, and that we would live a righteous life, and that indeed you would bless that righteousness. You would help us, God, to come into your eternal reward. We thank you for all that you have done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you just stay with me for a little while longer and celebrate along with uh, this song, Better Word?
speaks a better word in your blood your blood the measure of my worth your blood is more than I deserve your blood speaks a better word speaks a better word it's singing it's singing out with life it's shouting down the lines it echoes through the night the precious blood of Christ speaks a better word speaks a better word your blood the robe of righteousness your blood my hope and my defense your blood forever covers me oh forever covers me it's singing out with life it's shouting His blood of Christ is rewriting my history. Yeah. It covers me with destiny. It's making all things right. Oh, it's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ is rewriting my history. We declare it. It covers me with destiny. Making all things right, the precious blood of Christ is rewriting my history. It covers me with destiny. I believe, yes, I believe, it's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ is singing out with life. Shouting down the lines It echoes through the night The precious blood of Christ Speaks a better word Speaks a better word yeah. It's calling out my name 
Flesh is blood and bright Speaks a better word Oh, speak